When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Alan Clark of the Hollies, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Hello once again, Martin Popoff here. We're back for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcasts. We are part of a vast and always expanding Pantheon uh, podcast network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. Pantheon's actually the uh, main sponsor of Rockin' Pod in Nashville coming up shortly. Uh, I wish I could go. I was all set to go last year. Uh, as part of that whole thing, but uh, but our border with Canada, I'm up in Canada, right? So the border with Canada is actually still closed. Um, so I'm not able to go this year, but I uh, I vow to go next year. Uh, visit with uh, Chris and Christian and Peter and everybody who uh, who actually um, is going to show up there. Maybe even Christy will be there. I don't know, um, but we'll find out. Um, but yeah, so uh, so hopefully to uh, to rock and pod uh, next year. Uh, anyways, um, this episode that we are going to be doing now is uh, is episode one hundred nine, and I'm calling this best last songs ever. Uh, so this is actually about a band's uh, last song and uh, and I've I've found five you know all sorts of bands every band that's broken up has a last song uh, and I went and checked a bunch of them and these are these are my favorites in in terms of a a sort of melancholy or poignancy uh, with it being their last song this actually uh, this is an this is a concept that came to me when we were um, when I was on Sea of Tranquility once with Pete I think I think it was Sea of Tranquility. Maybe it was Guitar Hack uh, with the with the Thin Lizzy uh, episode where we were ranking the albums. Anyways, I I was ranking my favorite albums, and I remember talking about how my favorite album is Renegade, and there are so many really cool you know deep album tracks on there that are amazing. And the last song on Renegade is It's Getting Dangerous, which would have been a perfect last song in terms of really wrapping up you know the tragedy of phil dying he dies january 4th 1986 um but of course renegade is not the last than lizzie album they had one uh more album so yeah let's uh let's play our first selection and uh, and we shall discuss take a listen to this this is thin lizzie with heart attack All right, so uh, I wanted to play this uh, this one because it is so um, you know ironic or poignant in the lyrics. I mean, this is this is 1983. 
uh, March 4th, 1983, this comes out. Uh, you know, strictly speaking, you know, as, as I was saying, Phil dies tragically of basically complete bodily shutdown January 4th, 1986. Um, you know, after this, Phil himself did some other things. There was Grand Slam and there were probably a few of those really low key collaborations uh, along the way because, you know, we're talking, we're talking almost three full years um, before the end of this. You know, I, I even went and checked uh, the end of the Phil uh uh, the Philip Linet album, his second and last solo album, the last song in there is Don't Talk About Me Baby, but that's actually even before um, before Thunder and Lightning. So yeah, I wanted to play this because um, it's a great rousing last track. It is heavy and up-tempo, but the chords are actually kind of mournful in it. And he's like, Mama, I'm dying of a heart attack, heart attack, heart attack. Uh, later on, Papa, I'm drinking for an overload, overload, overload. Uh, the gun in my pocket is all ready to explode. Papa, I'm dying of an overdose, overdose, overdose. Uh, I tried to warn you, don't come too close. And then it ends, Mama, I'm dying. Oh, Papa, I'm dying, I'm dying. So that's uh, that's a pretty pretty poignant uh, last track, last Thin Lizzy track ever. Um, and the end of the song, it basically goes, -da 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 -da, heart attack, you know, with a, with a really rhythmic, and then it just ends with those words heart attack pretty crazy um so yeah that's the last thin lizzy song ever let's uh, let's move, move on to our next selection and we shall discuss take a listen to this this is rush with the garden All right, so Clockwork Angels uh, released June 12, 2012. You know, I don't think Rush at that time would have thought that this was going to be their last album. They promoted it so much. They had the Clockwork Angels live situation. There was that whole magazine done in the UK uh, to promote it. There was the book tie-in. Um, it was a concept album. I think it was it was very well received. It was pretty heavy and rocking. I think the guys enjoyed doing it. Um, it didn't really feel like it was going to be the last Rush album ever. Um, one of the one of the crazy things, though, I think I might have mentioned this before, but uh, but I remember hearing a story about. Um, I think it was uh, when Neil was signing the contract with Roadrunner uh, for Snakes and Arrows. And I remember somebody saying when Neil signed it, he says, we'll never see a penny from this, um, which I thought was pretty interesting because, you know, it's a little bit about that whole um, idea that why make why make records anymore? They're not going to sell, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Rush, I mean, it's great that they, they did keep making on, uh, kept making new music. Granted, you know, the records were spread pretty far apart uh, at the end. Well, actually for the whole second half of their whole career, but... Um, so the garden is this uh, six minute and fifty nine second song at the end of Clockwork uh, Clockwork Angels, and um, you know it is one that is a again a very uh, poignant uh, ending of a 
of an album. It's a it's a slow, big, epic ballad. Uh, it's got a lot of layer and texture, and it's got kind of really moving chord pattern to it. Um, you know, uh, is this one of the best possible worlds? This little Candide, uh, you know, uh, the garden there. Um, but you look at it, you know, it's got some lines like the hours tick away, they tick away. The measure of a life is a measure of love and respect, so hard to earn, so easily burned. Um, and it just kind of goes on, a garden to nurture and protect. Um, in the rise and the set of the sun till the stars go spinning, spinning around the night. So it's got all these big Im uh, images of an ending. And it is, you know, granted... Um, they had the built-in situation that it was the ending of a concept album. It's not just, it's just not uh, just a, a song that happens to be sequenced at, at the end. So the, it's got that going for it, right? Um, but it goes on. It's a measure of life, the treasure of life, uh, the way you live, the gifts that you give in the fullness of time. Um, the future disappears into memory. I mean, every, every line in this feels like a finality kind of line. Forever dwells in that moment. Um, garden and nurture and protect. It just kind of goes on and then it ends with a lot of re repeating of it. it's, a, it's a measure of a life. There's this long epic sort of jam to close on it. Uh, and then finally, uh, just sort of a, a kind of a Beatlesque guitar chord at the very end. Um, actually, no, not, not Beatlesque. I'm, I'm just, it's just kind of a ringing out. Um, that's kind of what reminded me of this. Uh, it's kind of a ringing out, um, feel as, as the jam kind of goes and, uh, and it's all over. So the garden, another great, um, what do we call this? Best last song, best last songs ever. Um, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right. Back again here in, uh, on, uh, history and five songs with Martin Popoff episode 109 best last songs ever. Uh, let's take a listen to this selection and we shall discuss. This is David Bowie with, I can't give everything away. I know something's very wrong. The pulse returns to prodigal sons. With blackouts, hearts, with flowered news, with skull designs upon my shoes. I can't give everything. All right, so crazy story here, of course. Uh, David Bowie's uh, magnificent Black Star album comes out January 8th, 2016. Uh, Bowie dies uh, January 10th, 2016. Um, the previous album was, was March 2013, the next day. It ends with a song called Heat. I wanted to check this uh, because... Um, I wanted to see when he, um, you know, when he knew of his diagnosis, he was diagnosed with liver cancer in mid 2014. Uh, and he was, uh, diagnosed as terminal, uh, three months before he died. So as, as he's, uh, you know, the albums finishing up, getting ready for release, you know, there's those heartbreaking videos that he made as well. Um, but this song is a pretty interesting one for the end here. I can't give everything away. Very, very interesting concept. Um, a weird thing about it is that it's a, it's a little bit um, kind of really uh, pedestrian pop at the end of this quite avant-garde album. Uh, it it kind of goes along with these almost like you know, dusty Sunday afternoon or soap opera afternoon, uh, housewifey sort of chord chord feel to the thing. Um, 
I don't know. It's it's, it's hard to explain. There's there's a lot of uh, ennui um, in uh, in sort of the chord sequences to this. Um, but you know, some of the words here, I know something is very wrong. The post returns for prodigal songs um, with blackout harks, with flower muse, with skull designs upon my shoes. I can't give everything away. Seeing more and feeling less. Saying no, but meaning yes. Uh, this is all I ever meant. That's the message that I sent. So pretty interesting. Um, and it just goes along and uh, doing this kind of pop thing. But then there's kind of like an ominous chord change at the very end. And it just ends with a long keyboard note. Uh, and that kind of reminds me of that, of the ending of Queen Made in Heaven, where there is this there's this this large, long um, sort of um, new agey keyboard thing that happens. You know, first there's a, there's what is that? A, a four second track called "Yeah" on <laughs> "Made in Heaven," and then there's this 22 minutes of uh, what did what did they call the thing? I made I made a note here. Uh, hidden track 2232, uh, which just sounds like this this large synthesizer trip down the tunnel to meet the angels sort of sound. Um, you know, and uh, and also. On the new Stranglers album, which uh, which isn't out yet, um, it, it kind of ends with the same thing, and you and you wonder. I, I interviewed JJ Burnell, and and we talked about it a little, um, but it ends with um, it, it ends with kind of a long keyboardy thing, which which also felt to me a little bit like that trip down the tunnel, you know, as Dave Greenfield is dying. Dave Greenfield actually died of COVID. Uh, he's one of our one of our few casualties of that um but yeah i i thought that was kind of interesting because it reminded me of the queen and it reminded me of the new stranglers that uh that actually isn't even out yet um interestingly with bowie there was a, po a posthumous ep the no plan ep it had uh, three new songs on it um you know songs that were recorded at the same time plus they put lazarus on it again um but uh, but that was pretty interesting. I mean, I don't consider that as part of this concept because it is posthumous. Um, but yeah, so so they had that no plan uh, EP after. But yeah, I, I just thought this was a, this was a, a song that didn't quite fit the other songs, and it really felt like a, like a good best last song. And and this is a this is a curious uh, sort of example because um, this is the one example where it was all planned. It was all going to plan. This was happening. You know, he, he knew he was, and then, like I say, he died uh, two days later. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's listen to our fourth selection. Take a listen to this. This is Nirvana with all apologies. Okay, so Nirvana only made the three studio albums. Granted, they had, you know, compilations and B-sides and box sets and and live stuff and all that. Obviously, you know, big, big story. April 5th, 1994, Kurt commits suicide. I remember I was at uh, Tim Henderson's place uh, when we heard that, and uh, and it was... Uh, it was pretty disturbing to both of us. Uh, we were doing some magazine business at that time. We were actually just starting the magazine. That's right, because our, our first issue was May 94. So, And then Kurt uh, commits suicide April 5th, 94. Uh, but In Utero was the, uh, was the difficult, noisy 
third album, um, kind of like a, a little bit between Bleach and uh, and Nevermind. It came out September 13th, 93. And I thought this was a really interesting last track because um, it was a pretty big song. It was a single. And uh, and it also sounds like, uh, you know, a statement of uh, intent or finality. You know, what else should I be? All apologies. What else should I say? What else should I write? Uh, what else should I be? Uh, all apologies in the sun. I feel as one. Uh, I wish I was like you, easily amused. That was a very famous, um, famous line from this. Uh, find my nest of salt. Everything's my fault. I'll take all the blame. Um, choking on the ashes of her enemy. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, it just goes into this kind of long jammy section where Kurt, you know, kind of dreamily uh, or in a fever state, uh, you know, goes all in all is all we are. And he says that over and over again. He's double tracked with himself, um, you know, and there's this great hypnotic sort of drum beat coming from Dave Grohl. Uh, and then it just stops the drum stop. And, and he just kind of keeps saying that over and over again, mechanically almost. So I thought that was a really interesting um, best last song ever. Um, so that was an example of that. So there's number four. Um, Let's take a listen to our next selection. Uh, this is Led Zeppelin with I'm Gonna Crawl. All right, so uh, I'm going to crawl. I picked this one um, because uh, the lyric does not fit at all. It's just some sort of, you know, weird bluesy love song. Um, you know, I'm going to crawl back to you. You know, Robert puts in a great vocal performance on this. Um, but lyrically, it's uh, it's just kind of a it, it it's just kind of yeah just a just a bluesy love song. It doesn't it doesn't really fit in this idea of of finality. Obviously, you know they they didn't know that uh, John Bonham was going to die choking on his vomit after a day of drinking, uh, September twenty fifth, nineteen eighty. Uh, in through the outdoor came out August fifteenth, seventy nine. So this is like more than a year uh, before John Bonham dies, but. I wanted to play this one. By the way, um, this song really reminds me of Faith No More RV from Angel Dust. Uh, go go play the two together. Kind of interesting. Um, but I wanted to play this one because uh, you couldn't get a more final sounding music uh, from from Led Zeppelin. Um, well, you know, arguably we can we can talk about that. But I thought I thought this was a a real um, a really interesting sort of um, really deflated slow. Uh, kind of almost like defeated, a uh, defeatist chord sequence to what's going on here. And it's just this absolute, you know, peaceful, boring, fall asleep sort of music uh, that that felt like a like a real sense of finality here. And it just and it, it actually oddly as well as it fame fame fades out, he goes, she gives me good love. And then and then he just 
And then Robert just goes, I'm going to crawl. And then there's actually, again, another long keyboard note uh, at the end of this. So so kind of interesting that this is happening uh, a little uh, a little often here. Um, so there you go. Those are the ones I wanted to pick uh, that, that really felt like they had some reason to be here and some story and it wasn't just... Uh, just random. Um, I've got some honorable mentions. First of all, I'll mention as um, as a bit of an exercise. I, I did kind of go through uh, some of these and checked for uh, for last songs. So I'm going to tell you what some of these last songs were, and then I'll tell you what my true honorable mentions are that I thought had a little bit of uh, you know intellectual grist to them. So the Queen one was pretty interesting. That one does have some in in intellectual grist to it because again, it ends with a four second track called Yeah. Um, and then the hidden track, uh, 2232, uh, 2232, which is a little bit like Pink Floyd, Endless River, which is another one where, where you would, you could pick, um, you know, one of these, uh, these type, um, but you know, that, that record, unfortunately, that's one of those messy situations, like, like the last, you know, quote unquote, Richie Blackmore's rainbow album, where you've got this, uh, this straggler is, is the endless river really a Pink Floyd album. It's almost like too bad it exists. Right. Um, anyways, um, Van Halen beats working. Um, but again, didn't really feel like, like much of, uh, much of anything to talk about. Max Webster, cry out for your life. Pretty interesting one there because I, I find the end of that song has a, a strange sort of ennui or finality to it. It's kind of a jammy thing with, uh, really excellent guitar soloing from Kim on that. Um, and, and just that idea of cry out for your life. Um, doors, I went and checked doors. And uh, and their last song is uh, the Peking King and the New York Queen from Full Circle. Remember, there were two Doors albums after after Jim uh, was gone, um, and it didn't really. It, it felt like a like a silly. So you know, for this exercise, this is what I do for for you folks. Is I actually just for the heck of it, actually went and played that whole album again, the Full Circle, and it's it's odd. It's it's basically like a Grateful Dead album, like a like a kind of um, you know casual up-tempo Grateful Dead album and even that song you know doesn't doesn't feel like a last song um, but finally someone had to, to had to put the nail in the coffin of the doors without Jim uh, that's uh, that, that's maybe another episode of some uh, some sort later on um, what else do we have Rainbow Make Your Move from Bent Out of Shape because uh, that's the last Rainbow album it's not the last Richie Blackmore's Rainbow album of course there's the there's the uh, Stranger in Us All Later which is sort of a Rainbow album sort of not again that that messiness uh, Soundgarden song called Rowing from King Animal uh, Motorhead Sympathy for the Devil uh, the cover um on the last album, perhaps, um, you know, I think Heroes is possibly the last thing Lemmy did or one of the very last things uh, he did. There was that cover situation, right? Um, so that was a messy one. Um, here's a funny one. Sex Pistols, EMI. They only made one album. You know, I, I could have picked all the I could have looked at all the last songs from all those one. Uh, what what did we call them? One and done uh, episode, right? Um, all the bands who just made one album. But EMI is a, is kind of an interesting one because it's so up-tempo and heavy and cool. Um, but ah, I don't know. It's not really about finality, but it, it, it certainly is about all the shenanigans that went on with their um, their label signings and keeping all those advances and stuff. Um, 
Gillen didn't really work. They had a kind of a bad finish. There was a, there was talk about a messy finish. They had a Stevie Wonder cover of Living for the City, followed by Demon Driver Reprise uh, for 42 seconds. So that didn't quite work. Uh, Dio had In Dreams from Master of the Moon. Uh, the Jam, one of my favorite bands ever, had The Gift of a title track from The Gift. Not, not a great, you know, it's kind of a scrappy soul rock up-tempo song. Um, but my actual honorable mentions are... Uh, Gamma 4, The Low Road Home. Uh, one of the best songs on Gamma 4, which frustratingly is not that good an album, but what a great closing song. And it's all about Davy uh, Pattison uh, kind of in a reverie about getting back to Scotland before he dies. So that's an excellent, excellent last song ever. Uh, and it's really epic and a little Zeppelin-esque and mellow and what a great, great vocal. You should check that song out. Um, yeah, make, make that your homework after this episode. Go play, go play the last song on Gamma 4, The Low Road Home. Stunning, stunning song. Um, so that, so that's a good one for an actual honorable mention. Um, the Beatles get back. Um, you know, you have to mention the Beatles because they're the they're you know the the, the high bar of all most famous rock and roll bands of all time. Uh, but that's you know what wasn't that interesting a, um, a a last song other than you know the poignancy of the, the the idea of get back and it is getting back to rock and roll. It's getting back to your roots. So maybe it's a little bit of a full circle feel there. Um, another one was Stars from Coliseum Rock with Where Will It End. Um, even that title alone has some irony. Where will it end? It starts out mellow, and then it's actually one of the three or four or two or three uh, heaviest rockers on the album. It's got this really cool ascending riff that goes along with it. It's up-tempo. Um, so that had a cool sense of finality to it. Where will it end? Um, and then my final one is, uh, is The Police with T in the Sahara. From synchronicity, uh, interesting one there with Sting talking about you know one of my last wishes is to go with my sister and have tea in the Sahara and all this. It has a little bit of that Paul Bowles uh, Morocco thing to it, uh, so it, it's it's a little bit of a moody, mystical kind of neat close uh, to that album. You know, you you could argue that the police uh, semi knew that they were over and done with because they were just fighting like uh, like. Um, patrolmen and office workers and uh and uh you know police uh but <laughs> so um so uh yeah it, it it's almost like they were running out of gas and they almost felt you know i'm sure sting was probably planning a solo career at that point um so I thought that was a good one. Um, so there you go. There's our honorable mentions. If you like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi Rhymes with No Fee dot com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button. Buy me a coffee or a pint. Uh, this week, I would like to thank uh, Andy again at Black Sugar Transmission. Bruce Campbell, uh, always a uh, always a faithful supporter of the show. Andrew Clark, Lee Clifford, Tim Derling. I hit Tim up for some ideas for this. Uh, for this episode, but I had actually thought of all the ones that he brought up with, uh, with first of all. Um, but yes, I, uh, I consulted Tim to see what else we had. I consulted my buddy, Kevin, Kevin Julie too. And he, he couldn't really come up with much either, but, uh, but yeah, you know, obviously the, uh, the idea for a show like this is, is first you have to think of all the bands that broke up and then go check it out. Uh, all right. So carrying on here, uh, David Fisher, Jeremy French, Carl Isaacson, Kevin Latham, Melissa Nee, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Brian Sager, and Colston Veer. 
there you go. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, you can go to martinpopoff.com for any of your book needs. It's kind of dead at this time of year. Um, but uh, yeah, the Uri Heap visual biography has kind of picked up again a little bit. That's nice to, because uh, I, I kind of overbought on that. I have a lot of copies of that and they weigh a lot and they take up a lot of room. So if you have any uh, any thoughts on any of these visual biographies, I've actually got all four of them, um, but got a good supply of the Heap. Um, and I still got some of the sweet, uh, and the angel did go through one reprint and I'm, I've got finally the last few of those, but I'm not going to be doing that again. And for those of you who have wondered in about a month, I'll have, uh, a reprint of, um, the Unchained Van Halen User Manual book and the Merciful Fate book, which just uh, has always continued to sell. It's been through a bunch of reprints. It's out now out in five languages. Pretty bizarre. Um, anyways, there you go. Um, so, uh, so I'm not going to tell you to go play uh, any of these um, final tracks because uh, I, I want to just leave you with the one. Go play the Gamma song. The Gamma song is just really, really cool. The Low Road Home. Uh, good old Davy Patterson and, uh, and rest in peace, Ronnie Montrose. Bye for now. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.